Friends, I am Pastor Dave Rudot here uh, in my little studio here in Shirley, Wisconsin, uh, putting together a series on the Lord's Prayer. Uh, Will and I are kind of taking a break from a weekly podcast during Lent. And so I said, going into Lent, I said to Will, what if I repurposed some radio programs that I put together when I was serving at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Pierce, South Dakota? And he said, sure. And this particular program was a series on the Lord's Prayer. And so, dear listener, uh, if you are used to uh, a podcast, you know, 48 minutes in length, 58 minutes in length, today the it's going to be a little bit shorter than that, probably about a half hour or so, and the format will be different. We'll have a devotion and then a Q&A, some sort of question in regard to the topic that we're talking about. We'll be uh, making our way through the Lord's Prayer. Of course, we welcome your questions and your input, your uh, reaction to what we're saying. Uh, we are doing this podcast so that you would also communicate to us. It's not just meant to be us speaking into the vacuum of space and nothing coming back, but we want a conversation to begin, and that conversation can be had either in person. You can visit with us uh, after Bible class, before Bible class, after worship, before worship, about the topics that we talked about, you can email us at castingnetspod at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook presence, so you can go through Facebook. Lots of avenues, lots of ways for you to communicate with us. So if there is something that we have said or that I would say for the next couple of weeks as we're looking at the Lord's Prayer that uh, strikes you in a weird way, or you'd say, I'm not sure about that, or I have a question about this, reach out. Uh, and talk because that's really why we're doing the podcast is for a conversation about real life and living faith. And so today our topic is, uh, the devotional topic I should say is everything Jesus taught about prayer in the gospels and the challenges. Let's talk about it in 10 minutes. Let's take everything Jesus talked about about prayer and condense it to 10 minutes of information. Can it be done? You are going to be a witness to that. We are, our question that we will ask today is what's the correct posture for prayer? What is the right way for you to have your hands and your feet and your 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 head just talking about posture and prayer? Before we get serious on our topic, I do have to have a dad joke on prayer. How does a pirate start his prayer? Arr, father. Okay, I got that out of my system. Now, uh, may the Lord bless our time together as we talk about uh, what Jesus says about prayer and also the correct posture for prayer. We begin our series on prayer by looking at Jesus and prayer. The Gospels give us a biographical sketch of the life of Jesus. 
It records 15 separate incidences where Jesus prayed. At times we are told that Jesus prayed hard and long. At other times we are simply told that Jesus prayed. We're not always informed as to the content of his prayers. But the fact that Jesus prayed and prayed often shows us how important prayer was in the life of our Savior. Jesus is a perfect being. He's not tainted with sin as we are. Sin has not corrupted his being as it has corrupted ours. Nonetheless, Jesus is also true man. He's faced with the same temptations that we face, the same problems that we face in our spiritual life he also faced. As true man, he was dependent on his Heavenly Father for strength and help to undergo and endure a load of temptations that he faced. His soul desired fellowship with his Heavenly Father. While Jesus was here on earth, he was physically separated from his Heavenly Father, yet he remained close to his Father through prayer. When Jesus prayed, he spoke to his Heavenly Father. He expressed to his Heavenly Father the cares and concerns that he had. In prayer, you and I have the privilege of coming before God and expressing our feelings to him. In prayer, you and I express our joy. We express our sorrow, our cares, and our worries. Even if we cannot express ourselves in the way that we want to, we can be confident that God still understands us. For our Father wants us to pray to Him. He wants us to talk with Him. He's invited us to do this very thing. He has said to us, Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you will honor me. Let's not be afraid or ashamed to set time each day to talk with our Heavenly Father. Jesus also shows us when we should pray. The Bible records for us that Jesus prayed before he ate. He prayed before he fed the 4,000 and before he fed the 5,000. He prayed before he ate with the Emmaus disciples. He prayed at various times of the day and of the night. We have uh, scripture references from the Gospels where Jesus prayed early in the morning. And then we've got other scripture references where it tells us that Jesus uh, prayed uh, during the night. He spent the night in prayer. And Paul encourages us in First Thessalonians to pray continually. And Jesus gives us an example of that. By his example, Jesus shows us in what spirit we are to pray. In his prayers, Jesus expressed a confidence. Listen to the confidence of Jesus as he prayed to his Heavenly Father in John chapter 11. He says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. Jesus prayed with a spirit of humility, a spirit of submission to his Heavenly Father. The biggest example of this is at the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus, laden with the sufferings and death that was about to happen to him, said, Yet not as I will, but as you will. So Jesus prayed that there would be another way to save the human race. He willingly submitted his will to that of the Heavenly Father. Jesus teaches us to pray by these examples. But he also teaches us to pray by his words. In teaching us how to pray, Jesus says to us, but when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, 
they have received their reward in full. When you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. The challenge that Jesus brings to you and to me is, Who are you really praying to? What Jesus is condemning here is a practice prevalent in his day. In Jesus' day there were people who made a great show of the fact that they were praying. They would stand on the street corner and they would pray loud and long so that they would be noticed as people passed by. This was <laughs> this was pure vanity. A work righteous procedure, a procedure that was and is condemned by the Lord. Those people who made a great show of their praying received their reward. They received the praise of the people who saw them. That's who they were praying to. Not to God, but to others. We do not pray so that others know or hear what we are praying. We pray because we are coming into the very presence of God. When we pour out our heart to God in prayer, we know that he is close to us. We are assured that he is present with us and hearing every word that we are saying. Listen to Jesus as he says, And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. What does this mean? Does this mean that all long prayers and prayers that we pray more than once, they just go out the window? Jesus himself made use of long prayers. We're told that he prayed all night. We also read that Jesus repeated the same prayer three times in the garden. It isn't long prayers or repeated prayers that Jesus forbids. It's the thoughtless, meaningless prayers that Jesus scorns. Simply to repeat words of a well-known prayer, such as the Lord's Prayer, is not praying. We have to be conscious of what we are saying in our prayer. That's true whether we're praying a well-familiar prayer or one in which we are speaking to God using our own words. Our prayers are to come from our heart and are not to be a bunch of words that we are just putting together just to put them together. Jesus condemns such meaningless prayers when he says, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. That's Matthew fifteen, eight to 9 Jesus, when he teaches us to pray, reminds us that our Heavenly Father is well aware of our needs. He knows what we need even before we ask him. He knows what problems we are facing. He knows when we are sick. He knows when we are in pain. He knows when we suffer the loss of a loved one. Even though our Heavenly Father knows all these things about us, guess what? He still wants us to come to him with our needs and our requests. He wants us to do this for our own good. When we come to our Heavenly Father with our prayers, trusting in his help and then receiving his counsel and aid, we are strengthened in our faith. Our trust in God increases as we realize that we are not alone, but that God is always with us and his word that he gives us is true. God is always with us no matter what condition our life may be. His feelings towards us is, is not dependent on our feelings towards him. In teaching us to pray, Jesus also teaches us to pray in his name. John records these words 
My Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. That's in John chapter 16, verse 23. To pray in the name of Jesus means, first of all, that we approach the throne of God relying solely on Jesus and what he has done for us. Only through faith in Jesus and what he has done for us can we come before the throne of God. By ourselves, if we're coming before God's throne and saying, I'm praying this in my name, or I'm praying this just because I'm saying the words, we're already standing condemned before God. We are sinful, and sin is an abomination in the sight of God, who is holy and righteous. Believing in Jesus, we know that our sins have been removed. Jesus has taken all of our sins away. God nailed them to Calvary's cross. Believing in Jesus, our sinful and corrupt nature is covered over by the perfect righteousness of Jesus. It is with this robe of righteousness that we can approach God. Jesus' righteousness makes us acceptable to God. As the writer to the Hebrews says, Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find help to help us in our time of need. What is the best posture for praying? That's the question that was asked. Uh, Meaning, you know, which way are we supposed to pray? Are we supposed to pray with our hands folded? Uh, Is it more better to pray with your hands raised to the sky? Is it better to close your eyes or have them open? What's the best posture for praying? Well, To answer that, we look at the Bible, and the Bible gives us instances of people praying. It describes for us uh, people praying, and there's lots of different examples of how people prayed, and yet not one instance where Jesus or anybody else says, this is the proper way you should pray, that you've got to have your hands at a certain position, at certain degree, angles, and so on. The way we pray communicates something to ourselves, and to others. When we fold our hands and we close our eyes, it communicates something to ourselves. So it communicates that we're trying to focus on this prayer and not to be distracted. If we kneel or bow our head, this communicates something to ourselves and to others. It communicates that we are praying in humility. On the other hand, looking up to heaven when we pray, raising our hands up to heaven, those communicate something to ourselves and to others, that we are looking for the solution to the problem outside of ourselves. Praying in a circle communicates something. It emphasizes unity and fellowship. If it's done with a family and each member adds petitions to the prayer as that prayer goes around, it can be very meaningful. There is quite a bit of variety in the posture in which people pray. But what really answers the question is why. Why are we doing something? If we're doing a certain gesture to impress others, whether we want to impress them with our spirituality, then we're no different than that Pharisee praying in that street corner 
wanting to be seen by others. Then, as we looked at our devotion today, you're not praying to God, you're praying to others, and you receive what you want from others and not from God. It's good to give thought as to what posture you use when you pray. What meaning does it convey to you? What meaning does it communicate to others? What's the attitude that you have in your heart when you are praying? The most important part of our prayer is not the posture. It's not whether we close our eyes or have them open. It's not whether we fold our hands or whether we reach them for the, reach for the sky with our hands. The most important part of our prayer is that we approach God with faith in Jesus Christ, our Savior. Thanks for joining us today on Casting Nets. Next week, we'll be talking about how you start your prayer, otherwise known as the address of the Lord's Prayer. The question that we will ask and answer is, when do we pray to God the Father? When do we pray to God the Holy Spirit? Until then, keep praying. Um, Dear brothers and sisters, dear listener, keep praying to the God who answers your prayer because of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.